Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 239, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Drink them if you got them. Said Golden here with the Duck Kirk Bowles. And the Baylor Bears are, the, are one of the feel-good stories of the Big 12. They play host to the Texas Longhorns, a.k.a. the Big 12's Brunch Bunch, 11 a.m. on Saturday, McLean Stadium. And joining us, Duck, are our esteemed colleagues from the Waco Trib, John Werner and Bryce Cherry. What's up, fellas? What's Thanks up? for having us. Yeah, good to, good for the uh, old gang to get back together again. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, and thanks for the esteem part. You know, that might be a little <laughs> elevated, but uh, I appreciate it. Not uh, everybody gets that title, so uh, <laughs> we're glad you appreciate it. But you guys are like like a pair of old slippers, you know, just great friends, known each other forever. Uh, it's well, I, I, you know what, Duck, let me preface it. Let me preface it. Okay. They're not like old slippers. They're kind of like luggage. You know, you get luggage and it never goes away. Luggage. (laughs) We all have that old suitcase like, man, I would never be caught in the airport with it. But I can't throw it away because there's memories. So so we we have to take advantage of these few moments we have with our our soon to be former Big 12 brethren. Yeah, that's right. The airport's about to lose your bag. <laughs> we need to get Samsonized our sponsor, says. Oh man, they still are they hey, still Chad, making I'm getting the idea we're not quite as esteemed as a few minutes ago. Well, <laughs> well, this 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 is this is the only podcast in America that that also doubles as a roast. So uh, yeah, it's <laughs> okay. not always kind. Not always kind. Uh, we had Bill Cosby on. That didn't go well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some ball. Let's talk some ball. The, the Baylor Bears are great this year. Uh, 16th in the country. Dave Aranda actually had a spring football, and look what he's done with it. They have a defensive tackle named Apu. I mean, it, it is it is a great <laughs> story brewing in Waco. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, John. Um, are the, are the Longhorns going to try to come in and spoil that party? Is Baylor ready for what's coming down from Austin? I think they're ready, and I think they understand it's going to be a, a real challenge to beat Texas. They were on a Monday and Tuesday. We had coach and player interviews, and, you know, they were talking, you know, they haven't faced a guy like B. John Robinson. Uh, Casey Thompson is going to be one of the most mobile quarterbacks they've faced. 
I think, uh, you know, they know the challenge that offense presents. Uh, maybe not quite so much the defense, but they did have some nice <laughs> words to say about them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, who is the best running back they've played? I, you played Brees Hall. Uh, what did uh, Bader do against uh, the Iowa State star running back? Uh, Brees was pretty darn good. <laughs> Yeah, he looked like he was, he looked like he was ready for Sunday. <laughs> I still don't understand. So why did he? Why did down, he huh? Yeah, why did he come back? Why did Brees Hall come back? Isn't he a junior, or is he a senior? Well, I think he's uh, a junior. I think. Why? Yeah. Why do you go back to Ames, Iowa, when you can get paid to play somewhere? Yeah. I mean, I, every time I see him, I go, "That guy's a pro." Why did he come back? He I just is, don't get it. It is kind of baffling. I mean, he, he is really good. Yeah, they did not shut down Brees Hall. I suspect even as solid as Baylor's defense has been, I don't think they'll shut down Deshaun Robinson either. Nobody else has seen to. Uh, but um, they are coming off a pretty good you know, game in terms of stopping the run uh, against BYU and uh, those were two teams that were were real physical, uh, Baylor and BYU, and um, and Baylor, you know, won that game. And that's kind of been their mo this year, is you know, winning the line of scrimmage, and and that's been a new thing around here because we haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, yeah, they uh, compared this team. Yeah, they did a really 19. good. Go ahead, uh, John. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they did a good job stopping Tyler Algier, BYU's running back. He had about 1,400 yards last year. He only had 33 on 15 carries. Wow. Uh, He's quality. But, you He's know, quality. They, they really couldn't stop Brees Hall. Um, they did a pretty good job against Jalen Warren at Oklahoma State. He had, he had over 100 yards, but he had about 35 carries, too. So, yeah, I mean, they're capable, but, but I don't think they've seen a guy quite as explosive as uh, Bijan. I think Jalen Warren had 100 in the fourth quarter against Texas, yes. didn't he say? Yes, yes, and still counting. They're still counting. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude, and, uh, you know, um, we, we appeared on the One True Podcast, which is, man, just, just, just a phenomenal podcast uh, produced by uh, John Warner and Bryce Cherry. Um uh, also available wherever you get your podcast. And we talked about the fact that the Texas Longhorns have broken down in fourth quarters, uh, and Jalen Warren ran roughshod over them from Oklahoma State. Kennedy Brooks ran roughshod over them uh, from Oklahoma. The Arkansas running backs got after them. So uh, we believe that they just don't have the physical finishing gear even though they've talked about the mental part of it. Uh, I'll ask you first, Bryce. Uh, what's been the key to Baylor closing out games? They've been in some close games. I believe the BYU game was 21-19. What's, what's been the key to them closing out uh, these games late in the fourth quarter? I feel like they've got a little bit of a, a K-State, Bill Snyder-type quality to this team, and that, that's not a – uh, an analogy I've brought up before, but just thinking about your question, I was like, you know, they don't beat themselves. Uh, that, that's been, you know, kind of a thing this year. Gary Bohannon uh, threw his first interception of his career against BYU, 
And granted, he hasn't really played a lot until this season. But and and they're trending in the right direction in terms of penalties. They made some silly uh, penalties earlier in the year in their non-conference schedule, which was was pretty weak. Um, you know, and so they were able to to you know make some of those penalties and still win games. But against BYU, um, you know, Baylor, you know, their sports information department said it was the first game ever in program history, at least in their records, where uh, the Bears did not commit a penalty, which was uh, it was nice for, for deadline purposes. I mean, it was an early game, <laughs> <regime>, but <laughs> we like those games that click right along. So, you know, I think they're, they're, they're playing smart uh, they're not putting Gary Bohannon in in positions where um, you know he's going to make a lot of risky throws or anything like that. They do take some shots downfield, but uh, they're very much a wide zone play action uh, kind of football team, and they've done a pretty good job uh, with the running game this year. Obviously, they don't have a Bijan Robinson, but they've got two good backs in Abram Smith, uh, former linebacker for Baylor. Uh, he started out at running back, moved to linebacker, and then uh, back to running back, and um, and then trusted Ebner, who you know is more of the the scat back, and uh, certainly you know he's an all American uh, kick returner from last year. He's got the moves in the open field, so they got a pretty nice combination in those two guys. I was going to say you can't go wrong if your running back's a former linebacker. He's he's <laughs> going to get you extra yards and. You know, it's, it just amazed me though. They're sitting here, you know, in the top twenty. They're six and one, coming off a a two and seven year, right? Last year, and I know they have seventeen starters returning, but how, were y'all expecting this kind of transformation this soon in year two for Dave Miranda, Bryce? Uh, I wasn't expecting six and one at this point. Certainly, I thought. Um, I think John and I both thought they had a chance to be, you know. Seven and five, eight and four this year, um, and it, it, it helps that every other year, I guess the odd years, the schedule kind of breaks in Baylor's favor. They get Oklahoma in Waco, they get Texas in Waco, they get Iowa State in Waco, and and so that's the way it is here this year. Right. Uh, obviously, those even years, you know, it breaks the other direction, and they get all those tough games on the road. Um, so right now they're sitting there. They played Oklahoma State. Um, you know, they, they had a chance to win that one, honestly. And, and really that was a game where I felt like two teams sat there and said, here, you win the game. No, no, please, you win the game. <laughs> you know, it was like neither one of them wanted it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it is a surprise. I didn't expect them to win both the Iowa State and the BYU game. You know, I, I thought – uh, getting those wins was was big for this program. It shows what a difference a spring can make. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Dave Aranda right. was behind the eight ball when he came here, uh, you know, showing up right when COVID arrived and, and right. uh, you know, everything shut down. So that makes a difference. And I think they're stronger, too, obviously. I mean, that that's showing up in the, in the line play. John, um, we had Dave Aranda on the podcast uh, this year, and uh, Duck will remember this. He was introspective, Miranda. He went he went off on this like five minute diatribe where he was going, well, maybe I should have did this better, that better, and uh, kill those dogs, Kirk. And um, and uh, 
uh, we get a, we get the impression that he's very uh, self-reflective and he's not afraid to turn the turn the uh, light on himself when when he falls short of what he needs to do. Uh, has that personality uh, has has that trickled down to the locker room and 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 are they feeling the Aranda effect? How how much does that have to do with this good start, Bryce? Johnny, to get that? Oh, John, that was John. I think John's gone. Go ahead, you can Blue answer, Bryce. John? Go ahead, Bryce. All right, sure. Uh, he is a very introspective guy. He um, he can break down X's and O's like nobody's business, and uh, that sometimes we're uh, we're you know it's a little over our heads. <laughs> Sports writers, you know, we're like, wait a minute, uh, give us give us a little bit of uh, emotion or color, you know, but. But I agree with you. I think he is a guy that owns up to his mistakes. And, and you know, really, uh, that that has kind of trickled down to the rest of the team. I mean, uh, John talked about it on, on, on our podcast earlier. You know, Gary Bohannon is a, is a leader on this team and is, a, you know, a guy that will own up to, you know, his mistakes if he makes them. And, and I think that permeates throughout the team when you've got, guys taking accountability um and, and you know it, it comes from the from the top down and uh certainly there was a game where uh that oklahoma state game that i i kind of called uh the coaching staff out wrote a column and said um you know they, they got to be better because the play calling was was pretty bad that game i mean they, they made some really head scratching calls including some some fourth down gambles that i didn't think made a lot of sense especially with the way the defense was playing <laughs> And uh, after that, uh, it was funny. We had our, you know, weekly uh, Monday press availability uh, after I've kind of blasted the, the coaches. And uh, Dave Aranda and I are walking into the building at the exact same time, right? And I'm like, ooh, this is not awkward at all. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he just, you know, starts talking baseball with me and, uh, you know, couldn't have been more gracious, and then gets up there in the uh, media availability and talks about how the coaches really owned up to what, what did he call it? Clean up Sunday, or you know, scrub it Sunday, or something like that. They, you know, they sat there in their Sunday meetings and and were like, we should have been better, and and I agree, they should have been better, and so I think that that willingness to take accountability. Um, you know, it it does permeate through the program. Well, it's nice not to have a thin-skinned coach. I mean, you that you, takes criticism and or, and I or, or it's nice. Teaching. Or duck. It's nice to have a coach that probably didn't read it. So I mean, well, that's true too. They, so, <laughs> you know, they're not. And, and they don't. Think, they don't read as much as they used to read. I don't think. I don't know. You know, Vance Bedford said every coach reads every word. So. <laughs> uh, I would like to ask you guys, I mean, to me, if Baylor keeps winning and somehow gets to the Big 12 title game and whether they, you know, are competitive or beat Oklahoma or whatever, will LSU come after Dave Aranda, you think? Or you think that's just a smokescreen? Or you think Scott Woodward at LSU has any interest in Dave Aranda, the former LSU defensive coordinator? You with us, Johnny? I think we I think we lost John, but uh, I think Dave Aranda at this point is um, further down on LSU's list. I mean, it seems like 
LSU wants that splashier hire. Right. The, uh, the quote unquote, the Kim Mulkey hire. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Hold on. Hold on, Bryce. Let me take off this damn mask. Okay, I just took it off. Go ahead. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, Aranda's still kind of building his resume as a head coach. This is kind of his first you know, good year. I mean, obviously last year was his first year as a head coach. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be further down on their list. He, he addressed the LSU and USC, you know, openings in, in when he was asked about it this week. And, and actually it was kind of funny. He just uh, really talked about how he doesn't like a lot of attention. He really does. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of believe him on that, you know, that he's not a guy that, um, uh, you know, is going to want the spotlight, so to speak. Right. Um, now, money talks, and so if huh. they decided they wanted Aranda, I think they could probably write a check big enough to get him to come to Baton Rouge. But, uh, like I said, I feel like he's probably further down on their wish list. I agree with that, and the last thing we we want, Bryce, we we don't want Baylor to become the LSU pipeline. We don't want that. <laughs> you already got Cruella. You're not you're not coming after Aranda now. You can't do that. So, I oh mean, my gosh, have, and, you, have you seen uh, any of her press conferences since going to Baton Rouge? She cusses a lot more than she ever did in Waco. <laughs> She cusses a lot more pub- publicly than she ever did in Waco. She is home, and she loves it, and good for Mulkey, and good for you, Bryce. Good for you, Bryce. Because uh, nothing wrong with a little Nikki Cullen. Nothing wrong with that. She ain't Mulkey. That's right. She ain't Mulkey, but guess what? She ain't Mulkey. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, um, hey, to put a to put a bow on LSU though, before you go on, said, I think Dave Randall would be a good coach for them because they they have great defensive players and great D line and obviously defensive back that may be the real DBU. Uh, I think LSU would say so. But if they can't get a James Franklin or a Lane Kiffin or Jumbo. Or, or Jimbo, which they're not going to get. No. To me, Dave Aranda makes sense. But I, I think you hit on it, Bryce. He, he's he's a different kind of coach. He's, he likes the comfort level he has in Waco, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's almost an assistant coach in a head coach's role. Uh, he, right. You know, he, he loves X's and O's so much. And uh, just breaking down the game in that way and – and like I said, he talks a lot about that, and um, and sometimes that you can really learn a lot, and it's interesting. And then, like I said, other times it's just like, wait, coach, what are you talking about? You know? he, go, he gets in his uh, own little world, and um, sometimes he just goes off on these little, uh, you know, you know how you how you have the interstate, and then there's the you see the sign that says CR or Farm to Market twenty seventy seven, and the smart person in you goes, I'm not taking that market road, even if it's a shortcut. He takes that market road, and he just goes off on something. Because Kirk, at one point, Kirk and I just sat there and listened to him for about six minutes straight. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was on a roll, and we were not about to stop him. But I think, you know what, when I think of him, 
I think of a coach like Mark Few, who who went to Gonzaga and built something, um, you know, got Gonzaga on the map, and I think that he could be a ten year guy at Baylor, getting getting them into the top ten. Uh, and at at a place that's not getting all that major major media coverage, and I think he'd be fine with that. He's going to make good money there. The facilities are top notch. Uh, he's a great recruiter. He knows the he knows Houston. He knows Dallas. So why wouldn't he want to stay? Yeah. yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think that he's comfortable here. He likes it here. His family likes it here. Uh, he could be. You know the basketball or the football version of uh, Scott Drew. Honestly, yeah. I mean, forget Mark Few. I mean, uh, they've got a guy like that in, in Scott <laughs> Drew, who, who you know turned it around and stuck around and and yeah. it paid off. I mean, in a big way. So um, yeah, he's 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 very interesting guy. Uh, like you said, introspective, thoughtful. Uh, I always uh, I always laugh and. I don't know if you guys ever watched Parks and Rec, but oh, remember yeah. when, they, when they would do the uh, the little Pawnee PBS radio show? Uh, he's he's got that very you know just sort of PBS kind of voice and very you know <laughs> monotone, uh, and, and he kind it. of put puts you to sleep. But then he does have like a little bit of a a, a sense of humor, a dry sense of humor. He does, and I appreciate that as well. Uh, and when he laughed, it's this Kawhi Leonard kind of, where did that laugh come from? <laughs> it's like, huh, 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 huh. Wow. And you're like, oh, my God. And we're, so, still, we're, still trying to, we're still trying to figure out how he was best friends with Tom Herman. I mean, if you're talking, you, you want to talk about divergent personalities. I mean, right? you're talking about Tom Herman headbutting a player the last time Baylor was in Texas played at Baylor, uh, wanting to fight the mullet in Stillwater. I mean, I don't, I don't see a Randa headbutting anyone, and I definitely don't see him challenging the mullet through a throwdown. That's just they're the odd couple. They they're really the are. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. And you know, one thing said the Bryce told us on their podcast that you know Dave Aranda with Baylor is now beating two top 25, two nationally ranked teams, and that Matt Rule never beat one, which I, I found just, just totally surprising. horrifically hard to believe. I just I just feel in my spirit that Matt Rule knocked off a couple of big dogs, and he didn't. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was a stat that threw us, and we, we were covering the team. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, just, it just was like, wait a minute, they went to the Sugar Bowl and didn't beat a top 25 team? How did they do that? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they beat teams that I guess they were supposed to beat. And, and uh, you know, sometimes the poll is weird. I mean, obviously, you can catch a team sometimes when, they, when they've fallen out. I feel like Texas is one of those teams that – Certainly, you know, has been in the in the poll and then now is out and, and is capable of beating you. So, um, you know, ba- Baylor has its work cut out for it. I think on Saturday. Is this a toss is, is there a weakness? Is there is there a Baylor flaw that you've seen that that other teams have tried to attack, Bryce? I think that um, they don't. Like I said, they don't throw a ton of of deep balls. They will take some deep shots, but. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Gary's got the arm for it, but right. that's just not their style of offense. So like I said, they're, they tend to be 
everything is really built off of play action. In fact, you'll see it on Saturday. I guarantee it. They've got some plays where Bohannon, uh, you know, will go back and the back will not be there, and he'll fake it anyway. And it's like, ah. what is the What's the point of that play action fake? Are you really fooling anybody? Oh, <laughs> really? We've actually asked them about that, and it's a it's a thing they do because wow. I guess uh, it's still I, I I can't even remember the answer, but there's like a football reason for it, and it uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I was like, I don't think anybody's gonna be fooled by the the, the fake to nobody, but it's a mind uh, game. I guess it's a mind game. You know what? I guess, uh, you right. know what? I, I bet but it that's is. That's how play action oriented they yes. are. Is that they're even making fakes when there's nobody there? But you know what? I think what it might be too, Bryce, is that the, the secondary guys, the guys playing corner and safety, they can't see in that backfield if they're back there. And if they see a fake, they might think a running back is back there. I mean, that that makes sense to me. But I was going to ask you, uh, is this this feels like a toss-up to me. Uh, I don't even know what the point spread is, but uh, I'm sure Baylor's favored by three or four. But uh, does it feel – I think does it was it, one and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So does it feel like yeah, a toss-up to you, or do you think that, you think that Baylor's just going to take care of business at the house, Bryce? Crime lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. So, I mean, John kind of talked me into this being more of a toss-up game. When it first sort of, uh, when these teams obviously went into their bye weeks, I was thinking, Baylor looks like, you know, that they should win this game. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. just because they're trending in the right direction, uh, the fact that they have cleaned up a lot of things with the penalties and, um, you know, just, just playing really well on both sides of the ball. They've got good special teams. Um, so I was just like, you know, this feels like a Baylor win to me. And then the more I talked about it with John, and he was like, I don't know. This, this, and I, I tend to agree that they probably haven't seen an offense as good as Texas. They certainly haven't seen – a back as tough as, as you know, B. John Robinson. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a challenge, you know, for the Bears. And uh, so, I mean, that, that to me makes it more of a toss-up game. But um, I still, I still kind of like uh, Baylor at home mm-hmm. just because I feel like they're going to have a lot of emotion on their side. Uh, it was so funny you know, two weeks ago when BYU came to town, you would have not seen a more, you know, red carpet welcome. I mean, it was just like they had prayers before the game and BYU was in the homecoming parade. And, you know, I mean, all, all this stuff, I mean, it was like, welcome to Waco, all you uh, BYU fans, you know. And, no, and it's, were welcome, a ton of them it's welcome to the Big I don't 12, think, I don't Bryce. think it's going to be the same reception on Saturday. I think the Longhorns <laughs> are going get to get a much different reception. No, that's welcome to the Big 12, man. That's what that was about. They're, yeah. they're, they're family now. They're family now. I'm sure I'm – sure 
Dave Aranda's practicing the horns down. I mean, they probably have a drill in practice. They practice that, right? That ain't, that ain't getting called. That ain't getting called. Those big 12 refs, do you, hey, you, if you alter your stride at the five-yard line, they might call it. They might flag you for 15. But if you put those horns down, you're going to get a bonus from Bobby B in the big 12 office. That's what's, that's what's well, I don't up. Think, I don't think the odds of seeing another flagless game are, are, are high. Uh, let's put it that way, especially if we have a big 12 crew, which we should. So. Yeah, it's unavoidable, right? Unavoidable. Right. One thing I'd like to touch on is just some of the playmakers that Bader has. We all know about Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard, you know, a linebacker, all Big 12, and Siaka Ika. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Siaka uh, Ika is correct. Uh, he, just, he, he's uh, Apu. Apu. You know, is just kind of finding his way a little bit. He's He's – I think they expected him to be kind of a Bravion Roy, if you guys remember him. He's oh yeah, oh yeah, number nine. Big old load, and yeah, he was a, he was a good player. Uh, he hasn't reached that level yet, but he's got a lot of personality. He, he does a lot of dancing, river dancing on the sideline, and nice, uh, he's, nice. He's a, fun, he's a big guy. Personality, but in terms of playmakers, like I said, I think those two backs on offense, Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner. They want to get the ball in their hands a lot. And then their receivers are pretty good, too. R.J. Sneed mm-hmm. uh, is a guy that, that's had a good season. Uh, Tyquan Thornton's another pretty good uh, receiver. So um, they haven't had a guy that I would say is having, like, just an all-American season in terms of um, uh, just, you know, big numbers, I guess. But – Abram Smith and Ebner are pretty good. And, and I will also mention Dylan Doyle on defense. Uh, linebacker, uh, he's, he they have used as a fullback on multiple occasions. And um, last game against BYU, uh, not only he became the first Baylor player to have a sack, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown in the same game. That's amazing. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was the Dylan Doyle show. I mean, uh, wow. he's just a hard-nosed football player, and I love those those formations when they bring him in as a fullback. The first time they did it was against Oklahoma State. Uh, they were doing nothing, really, on offense, and he came in and sealed off a guy on a block, and uh, Abram Smith went about 70 yards for a touchdown. And wow. I feel like, uh, you know, use that guy a little more on offense. He's pretty good. <laughs> No kidding. I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I I know uh, <laughs> Kirk and I were on a presser on uh, on a Tuesday, and uh, Kirk asked uh, Josh Thompson, the uh, Texas uh, defensive back, where Baylor ranked uh, as a hostile environment, and he said a three, and that opened up a <laughs> firestorm because. We took it as meaning uh, three on a scale of one to ten. Like, you know, if an ugly girl walks by and you go, she's a three. I mean, I, I know that's not that's probably not appropriate, but we did that, you know, back when we were in the game uh, before we married hot wives. But um, so that, you know, and so they spun it, Texas spun it to say that uh, he meant that it was the third toughest venue in the Big 12, which we thought was a crock. Did that filter up to Waco? Did y'all get any 
Do you get any uh, Twitter love? Was that it? Was that in the air in the two five four? Oh sure, yeah. Uh, and I think uh, some of the players were asked about it uh, maybe last night. I was not at those uh, interviews, but um, you know, and they they were sort of. Uh, judicious in their answers you know i mean they they were being careful not to add any more bulletin board material i think they were coached well on that but there you uh, go yeah uh it's funny i mean um and and honestly uh having been here in waco for 20 odd years now i mean uh i tend to agree with the with his ranking i mean to me it's never been that tough of a place i used to call the fans out back when uh, when Baylor wasn't that good, they would. Uh, I remember uh, covering a Baylor Nebraska game where there was more red in the stands than there was green, and I, I, uh, you know, kind of laid into the fans on that one and said they that should never happen. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a front running kind of fan base, and and you know, maybe a little more of a country club type type fan. Um, so I, I mean, I I I don't have any, uh, you know. I think he was speaking the truth, basically. <laughs> well, 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 so you, so, so he, you're saying he was speaking the truth when he said and he clarified that Baylor is the third toughest place to play in the Big Twelve. That's yeah, what he was I saying. Think he was more right the first time, you know, with what he actually, actually said. Yeah, I think we all do. So you think I the think truth worked worked better than the PR spin? Okay, that makes sense. I think. Uh, and he mentioned Bryce Iowa State being the toughest. You know that'd be interesting. I imagine Oklahoma's a pretty tough place, and and Lubbock's pretty tough when they got a Michael Crabtree in a in a night game there. But uh, I don't know. I, I think Bader's probably right there in the middle somewhere. But uh, yeah, not, I agree one, with not one of the toughest. Yeah, exactly. I do feel like he probably, and obviously it makes sense why Texas went and on it the way they did, but sure. I, I feel like this probably adds a little motivation. I'm sure the uh, student section will will take umbrage at that and uh, and try to make it as loud. Uh, you know that student section's right over there by Texas's bench, so I'm sure the Longhorns will be getting an earful. <laughs> well, man, well, man, this has been great. Man. Always, we can't wait to get up there. Such a yeah, pleasure, absolutely. Bryce. It's always fun to see you guys and. Uh, you know, looking forward to however many meetings we have uh, together left. <laughs> We're going to be around. I think. I think there's another season, and then I think after that they're going to put. We're going to cut the cord, and Kirk and I are going to going to going to head to Bug Tussle every other weekend. Yeah, also <laughs> known as the SEC, and um, we we both. We both know that the Texas Longhorns left the Big Twelve and Oklahoma Sooners because. They want to compete against the best. What a crock. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. They didn't say they wanted to beat the best. They wanted to compete against the best. They want to compete yeah. against the best at the bank, not on the not on the football field. Now the the, the yeah. Longhorns are very good in everything else. They're pretty they've got a big time basketball coach now and in and men's and women's and uh, they're really good in baseball and but where it matters most, where the bread is buttered, the Texas Longhorns are still trying to find themselves. And going to the SEC is is not the immediate remedy to win to winning a national championship. And that goes for Oklahoma as well. The sledding is about to get rough for both of those teams. 
Uh, Bryce, before we let you go, do you do you think that Texas and uh, Baylor will still re- be playing each other, uh, you know, in the years to come when they're not conference rivals? I, I do. I think, uh, you know, John talked about it earlier today, but uh, Baylor has some, you know, like these schools are prone to do, they have a lot of uh, their future non-conference schedules already set in terms of like, you know, 20, 24, 25, you know, those type years. But I think, you know, as soon as there's an opening and it makes sense, I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see this as a uh, Texas, Texas A&M split. You know what I mean? I, I do think there are some, some sour feelings around, and I, uh, I did talk about social media. I saw some stuff on social media yesterday where Baylor fans were complaining because one of the local uh, bookstores slash, you know, TV uh, T-shirt shops uh, was were selling T-shirts for Saturday with uh, Psalm off on it, you know, and they were like, you can't do that. That's an Aggie thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, wow. You know. We'll see if there's some Baylor fans with with Psalm off uh, T-shirts, but I don't. I just think that uh, they're going to get past this little rift, and you'll see. Uh, I think what you'll see first is probably Texas and Baylor playing in a lot of other sports because that just makes so much sense from a from a geographic standpoint. Just 90 minutes up or down the road, you know. Right. And then and then. Football, it's such a, a long-standing rivalry. It's produced some pretty good moments over the years. Obviously, Texas, uh, you know, when you're talking about the history of it, has dominated, uh, you know, Baylor. So why not keep the Bears on the schedule? Uh, although, you know, in recent years, it's been a lot more competitive. And they'll probably sell out a lot of arenas if they keep playing in basketball and baseball and tennis and, and those types of sports too. So I agree, Bryce. It makes a lot of sense to keep playing. And, and like I said, and I think, you know, it, it'd be good to play a Baylor, a Texas Tech, a TCU every now and then. Kind of keep those robberies and connections alive. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and, and it was, and, it was and, fun when, you, when Texas and Baylor would do it against old Southwest Conference schools. Like right. And Rice and SMU. So, and you know what? For Texas recru- Arkansas didn't go too well this year. Nah, <laughs> yeah, and you know when you look at recruiting, you know you can still tell tell the kids you're going to play in the SEC, but there's going to be a couple of non-conference games in state, and mom and dad can drive to those games, and that That's that right, makes yeah. it even more attractive. Makes a lot of sense. It makes a makes lot of a lot sense. Of it, the dollars should trump, you know, anger. You know, you, you know. If it makes financial sense to keep playing, they should they should do that. And it Absolutely. does. It does. Well, Bryce, man, we appreciate you uh, uh, stopping in. A John John Warner just dumped us like a bad habit. I know he's he got popular. A little, I know he's a little he, technology challenge. Sometimes I'm gonna have to figure out. I'm sure I probably had to hold his hand through all of that. But. Yeah, I think I think uh, he probably it's probably not rotary dial friendly. You know nowadays and. <laughs> And so we got to get him a push button phone. Um, those are still out there. I mean, my grandmother died in 86 and we still have hers. And if uh, oh, nice. J-Dub wants me to bring it to Waco, I will bring it. It's yellow, so it's got a kind of a Baylor tint it. to it. It would be cool. That's going to be my uh, my phone ring now for John, that little uh, spiel that you just did. 
like it. I was I, like I was wondering because I, I don't know if y'all heard it, but uh, when 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 y'all beeped in on the conference call, uh, John said Thelma, and I don't I don't know what that was, but then I remember Andy <laughs> Griffith. Remember Thelma? So I think Thelma's I think Thelma's working for John right now. She's got to be a hundred by now. God, she's old. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, we'll look for you. We'll look for you in your Psalm Off T-shirt on Saturday. Nice. <laughs> well, I'll probably be wearing my Afro shirt. Got to get there those boys go. uh, going right. There you so. go. I like it. I like it. Man, it's been peace of heaven, man. Thanks for joining right. us. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see y'all on Saturday. All right, baby. Okay. Take, Take care, care, man. All right. See ya. Bye bye. Duck, so much fun with John Warren and Bryce Cherry. Those guys, those guys, yeah, and, you know, the the one part that I'm going to miss about the Big 12, if we're still working here, you just not, we just don't know. I know, well, it's fluid. But if we're still around, it's going to be weird not chopping it up with them on Baylor mm-hmm. week. And usually I, I, go up, I go up to Waco, uh, you know, for the pressers. I didn't this time because I wasn't coming back for a, from a Cowboy game. Usually – that that hits right. on the same week, but yeah, th- those guys are are two of the best in the conference. They've been doing it for a long time, and it's always joy when we get to hang out with them. They're just good people, and we glad they uh, were able to join us for our little podcast. Yeah, very very much so. Uh, you think the Longhorns are ready for this? You think Sarkeesian's got them ready? It's all we've all talked. All we've talked about for the last week and a half is finishing. Uh, I think this might be a game that's more about starting than finishing because I think I think Baylor's um, ready to ambush the Longhorns. They they see they have a wounded opponent, and boy, if they, Texas loses this, man, four and four after first eight games, yeah. so that's not good for business. I'm, I'm leaning toward picking the Horns uh, just because of the desperation this Texas team has to feel because they know. Four and three, you know, they're still within shouting distance of getting in that second spot. But you lose this one, and it's Texas Bowl all over again. And then, you know, do you hang on to the recruits you have? That's it's. I don't think we can overstate how big this game is for Texas. So I think, I expect they're going to get just a fanatical effort uh, out of Texas, and it may take that to beat a, a really sound Baylor team. And it's just not gonna be. Um, it would. It wouldn't be as big a game if they had held serve in one of those Oklahoma games. Oklahoma, Absolutely. Oklahoma State. They'd be sitting. They'd be sitting there at three and one, and and in the mix, and feeling good about where they are. But now they've had to take on the role as the desperate team. Mm-hmm. This won't break if Baylor loses. This doesn't break Baylor. Baylor's no. in really good shape, Ducks. Winner uh, they've lose. already had a good season. They're already bowl eligible, even. Already bowl eligible, feeling good. Uh, I I think I'm leaning. Uh, earlier this week on the uh, Longhorn Confidential podcast, I said I was leaning towards Baylor, but I'm leaning toward Texas now. I just think you're right. I think that Texas has a that Texas has a real reason to be desperate, and if they go in there and lay an egg. Oh, or collapse again in the fourth oh, quarter. Wow. Then, then Steve Sarkeesian is going to take have to take some real serious looks at uh, not only his coaching staff but the man in the mirror. What's going on with your program? You're supposed to. I mean, Baylor's ranked, but this is a team talent wise that the Texas Longhorns 
are supposed to beat. If talent wins in college football, the Longhorns should win this game. But they, mm-hmm. but they, they're more talented in Oklahoma State and didn't win that one. Uh, they're more talented in Oklahoma in a lot of spots. Uh, you, yeah. Would you take Kennedy Brooks over Bijan Robinson? No. Would you? Nope. Would, would you take Spencer Rattler over what Casey Thompson was doing? No. But they lost those games, Duck. And yeah. so they're. I think the true challenge will have to come from within. Are they physically capable of going into Waco and winning? Hell yeah, they are. But do yeah. they have what it takes to close it out when it matters most, particularly, Duck, in a hostile environment? That's the big question. It's a, it's a statement game. And there's there's so much more on the line than probably just Big 12 standings. You're right, Sid. It's like, okay, what are you building here, Coach Sarkeesian? What, what, is the foundation set? Or are you going to be 4-4, four and four, just a 500 team and look like, all those other Texas teams, you know, the last uh, seven, eight years, you know, who are you, Texas? And I think, you know, if, if, it's kind of a pride game, too. I mean, you know, and they got they got to be competitive. If they go up to Waco and get blown out. or They got to sack or, up. They got to sack up. They got to. Amen. They have to. And, uh, and I think this, this staff and this team knows it. They know it, and uh, this is a crossroads game, and I've said that once or twice already this season. When you start having more than one crossroads game, uh, things aren't going well, Doug. Things aren't going well. You're supposed to have that one crossroads game, and then you meet the challenge, and then you you take off, and uh, they they haven't taken off. So we're going to be all over it at Drayden McLean Stadium on Saturday, myself, the Duck, and the Davis boys. But for now, that will do it. For episode 239 of On Second Thought, thanks to our Waco brethren, Bryce Cherry and John Warner for joining us. For the Duck Kirk Bowles, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.